Hello, and welcome to today's episode of You and I Engaged. I'm your host, Nathan Castle, along with Brooke Albrightson and Aidan Farnsworth, and we are first-year students at the University of Northern Iowa and are here to talk to you today about the Dementia Simulation House. In our integrated communication class, Cornerstone, we have been researching ways you and I is partnering with the community to help solve challenges in the community. Today we'll be talking about the Dementia House and how Dr. Elaine Eschbaugh and Megan Zimmerman are working to improve the community. Imagine you're in a house for the very first time, but you have lived there your whole life, frustrated and overwhelmed with the loss of peripheral vision and tactile senses trying to complete your day-to-day tasks. This was our experience at the Northern Iowa Dementia Simulation House. The Dementia House in Cedar Falls is one of the only entire house simulations in Iowa. This makes the simulation as close to realistic as possible. Dementia is an umbrella to term as there are many different types. Alzheimer's, Lewy body, vascular, and frontal temporal are the most common ones. All have very different symptoms and can affect people in many different ways. Some symptoms can range from trouble to communicating, depression, and loss of memory. We have Dr. Elaine Eschbaugh here, and she is going to tell us a little more about what she does. Dr. Elaine Eschbaugh is a professor of gerontology at the University of Northern Iowa. Using her knowledge of dementia, she is able to open the UNI Dementia House. Would you mind giving a quick introduction about yourself and what you do? Yeah, um, I'm Dr. Eshbaugh. Um, I'm a professor on campus. I'm a professor of gerontology, and I have coordinated the gerontology program here on campus for, I don't know, 14 or 15 years now. Why did you choose to create the Dementia House, and was there anything that inspired you? Um, so for me, I think that we're kinder to people when we understand them better. And um, for that reason, um, I've always wanted to create a space on campus where we could do dementia simulation and people could learn what it was like to uh, live in in a world where they had dementia. Um, I have done that, although not in a house, but just in a small conference room. I've, I've done that a couple times throughout the years, and it's been really impactful for me. Um, And I think the house takes it a step further. Um, It's important to us that we do have a space that is a house because we know that about four out of five people with dementia do live in their own homes. And we wanted to give people a feeling for what that experience um, might be like. So I saw a tremendous need for this because um, I've seen over the years when I teach about dementia, it's just really hard for people to understand what those living with dementia um, encounter on an everyday basis. How did the Dementia House come to be? What was the process of obtaining the house? Yeah, so the university has has owned this house, and it has been uh, married student housing, international student housing. It's been a rental. And I never really set out to find a house, to be honest with you. I thought that was kind of beyond my wildest dreams is to have a, ho- a whole house space that we could do this in. So I thought maybe I would be able to find another space on campus where we would make a living space like an apartment or a condo. Um, however, the, like the forces of the universe kind of came together at the right time. And this house just happened to be open and no one was using it. So I was asked to go over, um, and meet some people from UNI facilities there and to see if this would be a fit for our needs. And it has been amazing. Why is it so important that the simulation takes place in an actual house compared to a classroom or clinic? Um, 
so because people with dementia don't live in a classroom or clinic, right? So people with dementia are just like the rest of us where, you know, they want to stay in their own homes. They want to live with their loved ones. Some of them, even at the early stages of the disease process, um, live by themselves. So we thought it was really important to have a space where we could mimic this as, as best possible that people with dementia live in real world spaces. We tend to think, oh, people with dementia are in nursing homes. And some of them are, but most of those who are in a nursing home, even if they are, that is at the very, very end of their disease process. And someone could have dementia for say, you know, five to 15 years. And maybe, I don't know, the last year is spent at a nursing home, but the rest of that time may be spent at home with their spouse. Maybe they move in with their adult children. Um, so we really wanted to make that space as as real as possible. How does the Dementia House help the UNI Gerontology Program, and does the house help bring awareness to the program? So how does the house help our gerontology program? First of all, I do think it gives us an option for our classes to use the house and be able to simulate dementia. And the simulation that you did was a um, you know our general simulation. Um, But we are able with our gerontology program to do special simulations for students in some majors. So we have done a series of special simulations for um, students who are planning to go into speech language pathology, for those who are going to be interior designers. We are able to use the house in different classes and in different majors to help those students understand what what it's like um, for someone to live with dementia and how that might impact them in their future field of work. So it's really not just the gerontology students that are impacted by the house. It's students of a lot of different majors who are likely going in some way in their future to work with someone who has dementia, or if they don't work with someone, unfortunately, it's very likely that someone in their family will have dementia. Um, It does bring us some national recognition, um, at UNI, uh, we have been in USA Today. We have been on the MSNBC website. Um, we have been on the BBC website. So it has brought um, international recognition to Northern Iowa, which I think is really cool because, you know, this is something I think UNI is really good at is having experiential opportunities for students. So yeah, we can sit in a classroom and I can tell you about dementia. Um, but let's go figure it out. Let's let's go have you learn. Let's go have you feel the feelings that someone with dementia might feel. And I think that's really cool because I think that is one of the things that we try to emphasize um, at the University of Northern Iowa is allowing you to do things and have experiences and not just sit in a classroom. What is the biggest thing you want guests to take away from going through the dementia house? You know, there I, I would say there are two big things I really want our our visitors to understand. And the first that is it's just people with dementia are human beings. We are starting to do a better job. We can still do a lot, lot more, but we're starting to to do a better job with working on serving the needs for care partners of those who live with dementia. So maybe, you know, your spouse, your daughter, um, whoever it might be that's helping you out. And, you know, we, we do with those individuals, we talk a lot about empathizing with them about how their lives are um, really stressful, how they have an incredibly high rate of, of depression and anxiety. And all of that is really true, but we still aren't talking about, wow, it must be horrible for her. It must be horrible for this person who has dementia. It must be really challenging to have dementia, you know, and we think about sometimes what it might feel like if we had cancer, you know, and physically, what would that feel like? You might have chemo, you might have headaches, you know, what would this look like? But we don't really think about what it would be like 
to have dementia for the individual who's experiencing it. And, you know, that's one of the things that I, I think is really important about the house is just to put people in that frame where they think, wow, having dementia has to be really challenging. And a lot of us have never thought that before. And then um, in addition to that, I think one of the things that we really want people to take away is that dementia is about more than memory loss. We still kind of have this myth in society that, you know, if you have dementia, well, that's just about old people forgetting. And it's not. Number one, it's not just about old people. And number two, it's not just about forgetting. How does the dementia house affect the community? One of the things that I think is really awesome about being on this project is that I get to meet a lot of community members because they come through the house. So the house is open to the public. It's open to students, faculty, staff. It's open to the Cedar Falls community. We've had people from across the state come. We've had people from around the Midwest, from um, Wisconsin, from Minnesota, from Illinois come to the house. Um, So it's bigger than our local community, but... um, you know, I think it's really cool that it's a space where we can start conversations. So, you know, we might have a certain day where we have four people come through the simulation and maybe it's a, you know, it's a college student and it is a person whose husband has dementia and it is two people who work at a nursing home. And you would think that dynamic would be a little bit weird, but actually it's not because it really brings in some interesting people with interesting perspectives, um, you know, for a a conversation. Um, So, you know, I think this is a valuable asset to our local community as well, you know, as our state community. And I'm really proud to be able to offer it to people and keep it free of charge. It's absolutely free of, you know, free of charge. Um, You know, and we don't charge people to come through it. We also do educate groups. So for instance, you know, we've had a lot of groups of individuals um, who, um, who work at, um, in elder abuse and prevention. You know, we have had people come through who, um, work in nutrition and dietary, which obviously is important for those who live with, live with dementia, you know, so we have had a lot of different community groups. Um, we've had a lot of different demographics. I don't record people's specific ages. Um, but um, we do do an age group and our um, our oldest group that people can classify themselves as six is as 65 plus. So we've had quite a few people who are 65 plus in addition to all the college students that we've come through. And sometimes they happen to be there on the same day. And I think it's a really cool space to be able to bring people together who um, maybe otherwise wouldn't have you know any contact. So not only do the students get to learn from the experience uh, and my staff and myself, they may get to learn from a caregiver who is there on that particular day to do the simulation as well. And is there any other important information you'd like to share with us? Yeah. Um, so one thing I would just like to do is is really um, put it out there and say thank you because you know we we're not um, we're not an organization that you know receives funding from the government or you know has a big grant or anything like that. So we really are thriving because of donations that we've had from the community. And some of those are financial donations, which which allows me to have a staff that that we can pay. Um, right now, we have uh, two people who work 20 hours a week. We have some students who are doing independent studies as well. Um, but we're allowed to support and continue because of the donations that that people have made. Um, we are also looking always for um, donations of things that we need around the house, which are a lot of times just very normal household supplies. So we do have an Amazon wish list for that. And um, most of the furniture that you see around the house 
almost all of the furniture is donated. And um, much of it is donated by families who have lost a loved one to dementia. Um, so um, it was it was kind of sad, but also, um, you know, kind of heartwarming as well. I had a day when we first opened and I said, all right, this is a house. It needs to look like a house. We need stuff, you know. And I, I put out a call to my community, my family, my friends, the campus community on social media. And I said, I'll be here this day. I'm going to be here at eight. I don't know. Bring me stuff. And I didn't know if anybody would bring anything. But we had quite a few people who brought stuff and said, you know, oh, my mom died of Alzheimer's this year. And, you know, this is her desk and this is her dresser. And um, so it's really, you know, it's it's not my house or our house. It's it's a house that I feel like the community really built, um, which is just really cool to have so many people who who want to be a part of this and really want to make a difference. And I'm just really grateful to be in the position that I'm in to be able to do this type of outreach and education at the University of Northern Iowa. My name is Aiden Farnsworth, and I'm a freshman here at University of Northern Iowa. I will be speaking with Megan Zimmerman, a community leader for the Dementia Simulation House and the creator of Dementia Friends Iowa. Megan, would you please like to introduce yourself? So my name is Megan Zimmerman, and I'm the Dementia-Friendly State Coordinator with the Dementia-Friendly Iowa Initiative, which is an initiative of the Northeast Iowa Area Agency on Aging. As a community member outside of the Cedar Valley, what major interests did you have working with Dementia Friends Iowa? So um, initially, I was actually a student at UNI, and I was studying gerontology and social work. And so my senior year, I started an internship and um, the first dementia friendly community initiative launched in Waterloo. So I got to help be a part of that and ended up um, getting hired on part time to coordinate local efforts. And basically the point of it all is to educate communities on being um, able to be more dementia friendly. So helping communities serve people living with dementia. And so we started that locally in the Cedar Valley and then kind of it was going really well and we saw a lot of great things. So then it expanded statewide. And so then um, now my position statewide, I help coordinate the dementia friend sessions, which are educational opportunities where anyone who comes becomes a dementia friend, they learn basics of dementia, communication strategies, local resources. And so I coordinate that statewide now. And so um, I'm still involved in the Cedar Valley efforts, but now I get to help bring it across the state, which is really fun. And how did you become interested in dementia as a whole? So throughout really my time at UNI and then I when I got involved in the dementia friendly work, um, I've really been collaborating with Dr. Elaine Eshbaugh since then. And so we've just kind of it's been really fun to get to work together. And so she had she's kind of the, had the vision and the dream for the dementia simulation house at UNI. And so since we were already collaborating a lot on the dementia friendly community efforts and dementia friends, um, she approached me and asked if um, I would be willing to be a part of the project. And so I was honored to to get to jump on board as the community liaison there. So basically I help connect um, yeah, the greater community to the house and kind of serve to make that connection between dementia-friendly community efforts and the house. So um, I am able to lead simulations there. And even though I don't live in the Cedar Valley, I get to come back once in a while and lead that, which is fun. How did you and Dr. Eschbaum meet each other? And at what point did the two of you begin to work on this project together? So we met 
in my undergraduate um, time at UNI, and she was my professor for class and my academic advisor. And then she just, yeah, really kind of, I guess, took me under her wing in a lot of things. She connected me to great um, educational communities, like outside of classes, like in the community and really service learning and things. And then she was my advisor for my thesis. So we just, yeah, a lot, we met through school when I was there. Um, and then, yeah, through continued collaboration. And yeah, that's how I guess it eventually blossomed into getting to help out at the Dementia Simulation House there at UNI. What role does Dementia Friends Iowa play in this project? And what role does it take on within the community? Yes. So we do a lot of um, sending people back and forth between the two. So we'll have people that attend Dementia Friends sessions and we'll say, go visit the UNI Dementia Simulation House because the Dementia Friends sessions are really more of a kind of a presentation and kind of a, a training of sorts where people sit and they learn and it's a little interactive, but it's more of that um, they listen to a speaker. And we have several Dementia Friends champions that are UNI students, as well as Dr. Elaine Eschbach, who can give those presentations. Um, but anyway, we'll have people go to the Dementia Friends sessions, and then if they want to learn even more about dementia and actually step into that world and wear the gear, then we tell them to go to the Dementia Simulation House. Um, but then we also see it the other way. People will go to the Dementia Simulation House and want to continue to learn more, and so um, we'll tell them, okay, now attend a Dementia Friends session. So it works back and forth in that sense. We've also done a few collaborative projects um, we offered, we called them bundles. So students could go through the UNI Dementia Simulation House and then attend a Dementia Friends session at the house um, and they get lunch and stuff. So we've done them together like that as well. Um, so they kind of do seem to work hand in hand really well. And we're thankful for the partnership for sure. How has working on this project expanded your understanding of dementia? I mean, I think, like you said, I I had kind of an understanding of dementia, but this just brings it to a whole new level. I knew that dementia impacted all the senses because dementia does impact all five senses of a person and how they perceive the world and take in the world. So I already knew that, but to actually get to put the gear on and experience that, it's a whole nother thing. It's like walking in a, a person with dementia's shoes for, you know, a short amount of time. So I think that's eye-opening. It's also been fun. A lot of family caregivers will go through the dementia simulation house and there's a lot of connection there. So it's been fun to hear their perspective and kind of see those aha moments when um, they they go through the dementia simulation house and afterwards they're like, wow, now I understand why my grandpa does this or my, my mom does this. Um, just the other day, actually, I led a simulation there and a lady was coming through and her dad has dementia. And we talked about how the visions impacted and taste and smell. And she was like, well, now I understand why it takes my dad so long to eat. He can't do it in like five, 10, 20 minutes. It takes him a long time. And so just hearing those aha moments, I guess, are cool and eye-opening to learn that, you know, this is really what people with dementia are experiencing and then it's affecting the families. So yeah, I guess that's been my biggest takeaway. What are some of the benefits you've seen come out of this project and how has this helped the community as a whole? I think knowledge is power when it comes to 
being able to serve people with dementia. And so if we, through the dementia simulation experience, can give family caregivers or professionals or whoever it is coming through, we can give them a little more insight so they can take care of a person with dementia better, or just interact with them more positively. That's makes a huge difference. So, I mean, people walk away from the simulation house and I think they have such a greater understanding of dementia that that's going to impact how they interact with those living with dementia. So whether it is a family caregiver and they say, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't bring my loved one with dementia to a busy restaurant for two hours like I did before. Maybe they do a drive through or maybe they go on a less busy time. And so that can make a big impact. So I think that and then also another way it's impacted the community is I mean, the UNI Dementia Simulation House is pretty much that we know of the only one in the nation. So I think it's a really cool offering that we have in the Cedar Valley and other communities outside of Cedar Valley are noticing. I mean, I've had other communities in Iowa say like, how'd they do that? That is so cool because it's just so unique. And so I think it's a cool resource. And I've also seen it from a community perspective, like almost serve as a hub for dementia resources and connection that there's now like a, a few support groups at the house. And they also offered like focus groups the other day where caregivers could share their insights on what gaps are in the Cedar Valley. And so um, I think it really does serve as, yeah, sort of this unique hub that this Cedar Valley has that other communities don't have as an offering for people. So kind of neat. Our group went through the Dementia House simulation before drafting these questions, and we described the experience as eye-opening, overwhelming, and frustrating. Are these typical reactions people have to the experience, and what sort of reactions are you hoping for when new people enter the simulation? Yeah, I think those are some common answers, which is great. Another one we hear a lot is overstimulating. So you probably experience that. There's just so many things going on, and the brain with dementia starts to lose that ability to process and prioritize sounds and stimuli. And so overstimulating is a really common response. Um, sometimes I've seen people put like anxiety inducing or yeah, that they're felt anxious during it. So yeah, I think those are, those are common ones. And I don't know if there's specifically from my perspective, like specific words we want people to say, because I think it is different for everyone's experience. And I think we see that with people with dementia their disease is they're going to react differently to it and have a different experience than someone else might. And so we do see a variety of words and I think that's good. Were there any setbacks or challenges in running the dementia house? And if so, what were they? I mean, I think what was, I don't know, this isn't necessarily a challenge, but it was so popular (laughs) and it has been so popular. And I think at first, when Dr. Eshba and I did the first soft launch night, it was kind of like, all right, who can we get to come through? And I was asking some of my friends and my husband, I'm like, please come to this, you know? And then, so at first it was like, who's going to come? And then now it's just, there's always people asking. I mean, all the time I'm having people reach out to me and say, hey, I heard about the house. How do I go through? And I know that's true for the the rest of the dementia simulation team too. It's just an overwhelming response of interest. So I think that speaks to the need we have. I mean, 
I always say it seems like almost everyone has a connection to dementia, whether it's a personal one or family or work connection, or maybe it'll be in the future. And so I think the sheer interest and amount of people that have been wanting to come and have gone through the house shows that there's a need. What are some future goals or missions of Dementia Friends projects going forward? We want to continue through Dementia Friends to reach so many people across so many different sectors. Mm-hmm. With Dementia Friends, we really believe that not just family members and people who work in the field of aging should become a dementia friend, but we believe since dementia affects so many people and since people with dementia are living in the community and accessing so many different services, you know, they're going to the bank, to the grocery store, to the gym, to the library. So we really need to equip everyone to help people with dementia be included. And so um, one of our goals with Dementia Friends is just to continue to offer opportunities and educate um, the masses in, in many different sectors. So that's kind of where we're headed with that project. I think rural areas is a big area of need. I mean, we have sessions and trainings offered in, yeah, the the more urban areas in Iowa, but we know that people with dementia and their families are are living in smaller rural communities. So we need to do better at reaching out. And so I've been working on trying to find volunteers who can educate communities in their in their rural local areas. And is there any other additional information you'd like to tell us about either the Dementia House or Dementia Friends Iowa projects? I would say, I'm guessing Elaine is probably going to share or has shared how to sign up for the Dementia House. But as far as becoming a dementia friend or having your business become trained as a dementia-friendly business, check out DementiaFriendlyIowa.org. And there's lots of places on there to sign up and um, figure out how you can get involved and get educated on dementia through that program. So we'd love to to have people sign up for that. I think really all of this boils down to we're trying to reduce stigma around dementia. We're trying to increase empathy and understanding because we know that stigma Around dementia, it stops people from reaching out for the help they need, and it keeps people from walking towards a person with dementia. So we really want to break down that stigma and empower people to walk towards a person with dementia. We would like to give a huge thanks to Nathan, Brooke, Ethan, Aiden, and Eden. Another huge thanks to Dr. Elaine Eschbaugh and Megan Zimmerman for being so cooperative and working with us to do this podcast. We would also like to thank Jacob Butler, our editor, and our two engineers, Jasmine Harrison and Emma Dunsbergen. We wouldn't have been able to do this without them. Thank you all for listening.